Okay, I, I also have to ask her about the the, the um the light mom's license for word that we share. I gotta figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this podcast is just like my errands that I have to do. <laughs> I have to ask you about the Instagram thing. I have to ask Becky about the the word license that we share. We should do a podcast on how many things as adults we still don't pay for. Just Start, we're, start, we're starting again. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Friday Night Movie Podcast. This is where three siblings break down anything they would like in the pop culture world. I'm joined by my two sisters, Becky, calling in from California. Hi. Hello. How you doing, Beck? I'm great. Terrific. And then all the way, many time zones away uh, in the Canary Islands, my sister Lily. How are you, Lil? I'm good. Happy to be here. Excellent. All right. After many tries and practice runs, maybe we'll do like a big outtakes, um, you know, behind the scenes episode one day when this is a huge hit. This is actually. I don't think people want to listen to this in general, let alone our outtakes. Well, hopefully, mom and dad will listen to this and (laughs) for a few minutes if they can figure out how to load it on their iPhones. Um, so what is what is the I'll answer the first most important question what is the Friday Night Movie podcast the Friday Night Movie is a family tradition from our childhood that was born out of the ashes of TGIF you all remember the TGIF lineup of our childhood there was Full House Family Matters Perfect Strangers and then a variety of things including just the ten of us and the thing with the puppet dinosaurs and Step by Step oh, yeah. Uh, the puppet dinosaurs. Yeah, was, you mean just dinosaurs? Yeah, they don't do puppets. They don't do. Oh, it's a weird show, they man. They don't do puppet dinosaur shows anymore for adults the way they did with that. Anyways, as we got older in our teenage years, when I was about sixteen, and Dad was traveling to and from the UK, he'd come home and he'd fall asleep on the floor while we were watching television I'd sneak off to my room to talk to my friends or listen to music and do things that teenagers did. I'm, it's unclear to me what you were both up to. Perhaps you still enjoyed the television shows but the fabric of our Friday nights which had been this awesome fun family time experience started to fall apart and one night we were sitting at the dinner table and dad spontaneously says well, spontaneously says, well why don't we just go see a movie and we pulled out the old Montreal Gazette newspaper movie section back when you had to look up movies based on what was in the newspaper and hope that what was printed was real and we pulled out the movie Last Man Standing starring Bruce Willis in 1996 knowing that dad loves a good action movie and that was the first that was the movie yeah, I don't recall ever even seeing that movie. I don't even think I've seen that movie. That was definitely you, not the first movie. Oh. <laughs> well, no. I think it was like Dragonheart. No, Dragonheart was in there. Dragonheart is way later. The Dragonheart, Lily can check the date. She's going to be our researcher. But, but Last Man Standing for sure because Dad wanted to see, as he calls it, a shoot 'em up action movie like all dads from the 80s and 90s as shown in our favorite show, The Goldbergs with Murray. Um, loves all those action movies. And Last Man Standing. Oh, wait. Oh. Wait. 
apologize, Becky Corman. Dragonheart, 1996, Shy. Wait, so Dragon- Last Man Standing is 1996. Dragonheart, I never, I have never seen my Exactly, and I was like, Becky has to be wrong because Last Man Standing at Dragonheart is way later, and no, it's not. It's 1996. Becky's arguing with you saying that this was the first Friday Night this movie. This was the first one, and I've never right. seen Last Man Standing. Neither have I, so I think, Shy, you might be wrong. <laughs> I definitely remember Sean Connery as a voice oh, of a yeah, dragon absolutely. now. Okay, Lily, while I'm telling the story, go and look up the release dates of these movies I remember going to see Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis which is a which is a remake of a do you remember the month because they're both released in 1996 okay Dragonheart released May 31st 96 and Man Standing 20th of September 1996 so maybe it was so it has to be the main one it was Dragonheart because no impossible Impossible. Well, this is like a very dark question to no, ask. No, it was no, no. I know what you're gonna say. It was Dragonheart. We don't need to go into like sad family history on that so, other podcast. Right, but what we're talking about is that if you're saying shy, it's 1996. Are you saying it's on the beginning end of 1996 or the latter no. end? And if no, we're gonna, it's the middle of 1996. It's May 1996. That that makes sense actually because. Dad, Dad was traveling to and from the UK over over for, the, for a whole year, and Dragonheart 100 percent was a movie we saw as a Friday night movie. So let's just say no, no, no. He was no, oh no, no. It could be to September though, because that would be the end, like the beginning of. Either way, I've never year. seen Last Man Standing. <laughs> why, so I didn't try it wrong. Well, I was trying to figure out why mom and dad would have taken a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old to a movie that was that violent. In any event, thus began a tradition that. It's fun when we run into people from our childhood, from Montreal. Thus began a tradition of of us going on Friday nights to the movies. We'd even like we we'd shortchange. We, we would always do Shabbat, but we'd sometimes like eat like challah in the car in order to make some seven o'clock movie. And mom and dad got so good at driving to the Guzo Cinema out on the highway that was about 20 minutes away that they'd figured out that we could leave our house when the preview started and still not miss any of the movie. But the best part of it was that um, after every movie, we'd have the car ride back or we'd go for TCBY yogurt and we'd break down all of um, the movies and rate the movies and we'd give them stars based on our own star system that we had created in terms of ratings and we'd argue and I I think all of us have continued that love of movies and pop culture throughout our life and what we wanted to do, what I wanted to do here was to bring the three of us together to aside from interrupt each other and argue over dates and make fun of our parents, uh, share our thoughts Mm -hmm. on various movies and we're going to start all the way back in 1996 we're going to go Friday night movie by I'm kidding we're not going to do that uh <laughs> we're actually going to talk about, we're going to throw out some questions, and we're going to talk about movies that we've seen recently. We're going to talk about shows that we're watching. It's the same thing that we do when we're on the phone or when we're having dinner or when we're hanging out together. Um, okay. And with that, does anyone have anything else to share on the notion of the Friday Night Movie? No. No, let's move on to the oh. found money. You don't want to do, do the news item first? Oh, 
Shit, I forgot. You're right. Pop culture news this week. Becky brought to our attention that they're remaking Overboard. Just so unnecessary. Is it necessary or not? That's the first question. It, well, first of all, it's not. It, it's not necessary. That movie holds up. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, I agree with you. It's not. And that's also, as Becky brought up in our text, the premise is for sure illegal and definitely, like, super sexist for the 80s. So super I don't creepy, know how too. They you would can, like, kidnap a woman with, like, a, a traumatic brain injury and turn her into your house slave? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and slash lover, like it. Becky is right. Like it definitely is not sure okay. Are we sure it wasn't based on like a Shakespeare play? Because I feel like it's like a very Shakespearean story. No, just directed by Gary Marshall. That's huh. about it. You know, the new one. <laughs> no, he no, died. the old one, the original. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so I didn't watch like, it as many times as you, but but in the lead up to us talking, uh, the movie I raised the movie overboard with a number of people and. The span of generations of people that must have watched this on, like, TBS with commercials or had a VHS that was taped off the television is amazing. I don't remember it that well um, other than that she's mean to him at the beginning, she falls off the boat, and then at the end they fall in love. Okay, Okay, how could you not remember that movie? There are so many memorable moments when they get... When they when they glue the plates to her hand, when they all get chicken pox, like there's so many good moments in that movie. But, but it starts off with her being married to like the guy who was eventually on uh, the Gilmore Girls who passed away. Um, I can check that out for you. But um, fancy pants guy. Yeah, he's such a great actor. Um, you'll know him as. Give me a second, Edward Herman, two R's, two N's. Um, ugh, you, you'd recognize him like he's been in everything he famously was the like dad on Gilmore Girls so we, 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 he's we been started, in everything Anyways, we started Gilmore Girls away. and watched an episode and it seemed nice but just never got back to it but anyway so back what do, yeah anyways the point is that he she's married to him she's super rich she falls accidentally falls off the boat one night looking for her ring like her wedding ring her engagement ring or whatever and then gets picked up, has amnesia, and her husband, this is worse, this like makes it so much worse, her actual husband doesn't want to claim her. Because he sees her on the news, and he's like, ugh, I don't want to go get her, she's such a brat, I'm going to like enjoy the lap of luxury here. Because it's her money, it's not his, and he's like got like hookers and stuff on his yacht, and he just like doesn't go and get her. And then... Kurt Russell sees it and is like, this is an opportunity to like screw with this woman because she's awful and I want he wanted to get revenge on her, but so he goes and picks her up when nobody claims her. Isn't he also like a widower with a heart of gold who is sort of working right. on his issues? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got great kids. He has a dream of owning his own mini golf. Right. So back to the news. Back to the news piece. Back. What do we know about this? Is there like anything? is that they're remaking it as a like role reversal right so now it's going to be the woman i guess kidnapping the man with amnesia yes and it's going to be starring anna faris that i i'm into that i am totally down with anna faris replace you know like doing the goldie hawn role that holds up not that's the annoying thing to me i think she would have been amazing 
She's the Kurt Russell, which is now being the Kurt. And this other guy, John Segarra, which who there's no other people on this casting. I, I gotta say, and I think we all agree with this. I love Anna Faris. Anna Faris can play Kurt Russell. She definitely can play Goldie Hawn. She could great. I just wish that they would have Eugenio. You, you. I don't know. Well, you know how to pronounce. I just wish they would have. No, I don't. Eugenio Derbez. That's the rich young guy. Yeah, I just am like. How do you know? Because his name is. He's a Variety article, and he's no. Leonardo, he's not attractive looking. I'm not gonna lie. No Kurt Russell. He is no Kurt Russell. In any event. No. No. He's Mexican, which is interesting, but it's. Does that make it kind of racist then if she kidnaps? A Mexican, Mexican man with a brain injury and turns him into mm. her house slave? This is questionable. Ooh, ooh, that's loaded. All this right. is getting well, very loaded, guys. Do you now think... I feel this is going to get well, recast we, before we it's will, this We is will stay on top really of the Overboard top remake. Of the Overboard remake. Um, but Overboard does bring up an important thing that I think we talk about a lot, which is those movies that when you pop them on TBS, even with commercials, you, you can't stop watching them. Like, I I know that when I go to watch something on Netflix or on HBO, I know what movie I'm going to watch, right? Like, I'm, oh, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch, you know, uh, Wonder Woman or um, uh, the latest um, Tarantino movie or something. I don't know. Something where, like, I, I paid for it even on iTunes. And... Just before I started, I need to flip the channels to see if something's on that I like had found, which is why it's like a found money movie. And and if I find that movie mid movie, I will watch it all the way to the end. We all know my wife has a long list of these, most involving Bridget Jones, A Diary, or The Holiday. Um, but I will <laughs> love actually. Um, <laughs> But I wanted to know from from you guys what what are your found money movies? I have a kind of a weird list. Well, I need to start with the fact that like I don't have TV channels. I only do streaming. Theoretically, I'm rarely, in the, I'm rarely neither in the do situation. I. But theoretically, no, but, like, you can, but I don't even you can theorize this because sometimes you don't even you don't even realize that the movie would be your movie until you're in the situation. Like, I think oh, that's a good point. I think that's a good point. You know, However, and I think oftentimes they're slightly shameful. Like you're a little bit embarrassed. You're like, I'd rather be watching this than you know than than the thing I paid for. Like I will admit that there was a period of time when I had to move back in with mom and dad, and I think I watched Avatar like six times in one month because it was just always on HBO and I couldn't not, not finish it. So yeah. that would be one of yours. But, like, I don't know it would be that today, but I don't know that I wouldn't. I mean, but for one some of the reason, things it's very I was hypnotic. Gonna, see, I was going to, if you couldn't really tap into the feeling, I was going to lay out the setting, which is, imagine this, Beck. You've lost your job. You're living at mom and dad's house for an extensive period of time. You're flipping through channels, and you don't want to watch NCIS with mom at that moment. Yeah, or you're just visiting them and you flip through their million channels. No, I think that's her job. Yeah, I don't know. To be fair, when I had to move back in with them, I was still working. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. Um, I would say that I actually think though that for me, one of those movies, and it and it's because of like a childhood 
you know, association with it would be Terminator 2. Like, I can't imagine turning Terminator 2 on at any point and not having to finish it. Because we had that one tape, remember? The tape, it had Terminator 2 and, like, Gremlins 2 on it. So all, like, the part two were, like, on one tape. Any of those I'd have to finish. Yeah, probably. I'd have to, like, watch all of those. That's awesome. The Terminator 2, man. Oh, yeah, that movie is absolutely timeless. Like, like, one of the reasons why the other Terminator movies, and I've liked some, I haven't liked others, I think don't hold hold up is that they just peaked with number two. You can't... That movie is still awesome and, and, and scary in its own way. I mean... Um, it was terrifying. Yeah, I remember seeing that also way too young. It's amazing how lax movie theaters were when we were kids. Maybe I just have like a, you know, like a strange James Cameron thing. Huh, that's right. Two James Cameron. If you think movies. about it. How many times did you see Titanic? What was that? First of all, first of all, I was 12 years old. Second, I don't want to talk about it. I don't feel like that's... It's in the teens. That's all I'm going to say. Whatever. It surpasses 10. No. Yes, 14 times. Seven. You saw it. Seven. In theaters. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure. And then by the time it came out, it was on the double VHS. That's that's how long ago the we're talking. double VHS. You have to like watch half and then like switch the VHS that's halfway right. through. Double VHS. Um, Movies that well, were double VHS back in the day. The Godfather Part 2. The Godfather well, Part... Gone with the Wind. <laughs> I rented it. And Meet it. Joe Black. Double VHS. For some reason, Meet Joe... Oh, uh, that's so my secret. Bad. Probably if it's on, I have to watch it. Oh, oh. Brad is just eating peanut butter for three and a half hours. Nothing like a All right, Will, what, what's, what's one of your movies other than Meet Joe Black? Okay, I'll, I'll give you Wait, Will, you're going to you're gonna have to stop yelling into the microphone because I'm watching the sound waves literally blow up in the software. <laughs> Okay, we'll talk softer. Oh, that's so much better. I will say, I will say that this one that I'm going to tell you is because it's from an experience story of it being on multiple times and me not being able to stop. So, like, it wouldn't be a go-to of mine. It's just that it's happened to me, like with Becky and Avatar, okay? So, that, that with Becky's Avatar, my Avatar would be The Notebook. <sighs> I can't not watch. How could you even watch that more than once? I can't not watch that movie if it's on. Then, um, traumatized from the Breakfast Club. If that is on, if I happen upon that movie, I have to watch it. I have to watch Thirteen Going on Thirty. It's like a a sickness. We know about that one. We know one of my favorite movies. (laughs) Got to eat some razzles and watch Thirteen Going on Thirty. Like one that I absolutely know is true is besides Empire Records, which I. Love that movie so much. Um, would be Bull Durham is my secret. That movie's on. I have to watch it. Really? It was like weirdly long though. I, like, I did not even know. Like yeah. I feel like I know what movies you guys have seen, and I know you guys really well. I mean, even though we live far apart, I mean we talk almost every day. Um, and I feel like I don't know you now. Like I didn't even know you'd ever seen Bull Durham till this moment. Oh my god, it's one of my favorite movies. It's one of my favorite movies, not like my top five, but like I love that movie. I've seen it way too many times. And you and I recently talked about it and you were like, that's not a movie, it's not that good. I 
feel no, like I, 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 I mentioned I, I, There's it like one great, there's the one great, I don't know if it counts as a monologue because I don't know how to, anything about actually making movies, but the Wet Kisses monologue and um, the, the I know that Tim Robbins is pitching in underwear a lot in the movie, but I, it's, it's, a it's actually movie. like when people talk about like great sports movies all time, uh, of all time, they it's always... Not- Oh, it's God. always listed. Oh, it's always it? listed, I think. And it's not a sports movie. It's a love story. That's why it's not really a sports movie. That yeah, like for love role. of yeah. the game, which has love in the title, is a much better baseball movie to me than Bull Durham. Um, as is Field of Dreams. So here we've done the Kevin Costner baseball trio. But that where I does Rookie of the Year? Now, rookie of the scale. Year. That's that, rookie of the year. No, the Sandlot beats Rookie of the Year. Is Rookie of the Year the one where Dennis Quaid's an old baseball player, or is that the one with the kid from American Pie? Okay. American Pie. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> I don't know who's talking about which movie now. <laughs> American Pie is Rookie of the Year. Okay. No. Shai, did yet. you list your fan monies? He but, emailed them to us so we can just move on. <laughs> I emailed them to you so you wouldn't pick the same ones as me. Okay, so my found money... I, I don't think you're on the risk of that. <laughs> First of all, after having heard yours, it gives me so much joy because they're a thousand times more interesting and funny than mine are. So, number one for me is if any of the Lethal Weapon movies are on. I, even number four... Even part four, part four, part four, maybe not, but one, two, or three. Part three is fantastic. They blow up the building at the beginning, and there's the the super bullets that shoot through metal. The yeah, the super bullets, and then the isn't there something something that kills with a nail gun, and there's like Uh, the nail gun is in *Lethal Weapon* too. But I I love those movies. I love the way the characters change. I I remember seeing taping *Lethal Weapon* one off the television with all those swear words taken out as a kid, and watching it for my first time, and then watching *Lethal Weapon* two the same way. Um, I've I've seen them so many times, uh, and so that one is big for me. And uh, for making plugs for shows that we're watching, I, I Allie and I truly love the TV show. It is a lot of fun. Um, uh, and so, so that those are big. The Lethal Weapon ones are big for me. Um, I Love You Man is a big one for me. I really, I really don't know how that movie grew on me so much. I mean, I thought it was funny the first time oh, I saw it. That is true. Our, our uncle, um, for, for those who are listening that are probably related to us and know this story anyway, um, our uncle thinks that the, the whole reference to Hank Mardukas in that movie is the funniest thing in the world and we'll randomly send you a text message and sign it from Hank Mardukas. Like, we'll, we were sitting at a wedding once, one of the family weddings, and we're just sending each other text messages saying funny things um, uh, attributed to Hank Mardukas. So that, that one has a... Um, a a deep, warm place in my heart. As far as like, seri- as far as serious movies that I'll, I'll watch, uh, again, a movie I saw in the theater that I liked, but for some reason, when it's on television, The Departed just gets me so hooked in. I just, I just go all the way to the Oof, end. I find that movie just too. It's like too much. It, it is. It so is sad. A, it is a lot. Um, but that's that's Marky Mark. Uh, and Leo and all those guys really at their best. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic. 
And I was worried we weren't going to have mom on this episode and she would feel left out, but she clearly channeled herself through Lily. It's not fair that I was 10 minutes early. I was 10 minutes early. You sound amazing, Will. Sound good now. I was 10 minutes early. Well, you sound like you're underwater. Everything organized. No, no, no. You sound great. You sound like you're underwater, but it's better, so. Okay. I'm about to hang up and go do something else if Becky doesn't stop complaining. mid-discussion about the movie Baby Driver. I elected to edit out the first 15 minutes of this conversation because it's mostly Becky just yelling at Lily and me for making her watch the movie, which she hated. Going forward, we promise to have much shorter episodes of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. In fact, at the time that I am recording this intro, we've already done episode two, and it is, in fact, shorter. I can confirm that. It will only be one part. Shall we set the scene of the movie at all, or do you just want to get at it? Um, let's just get at it. Uh, It's a heist movie. Tell me what's redeemable about it, other than it's, like, very stylized. It's, like, chaotic. That Kevin Spacey wasn't that predictable. There's no story. Oh, my God, not that predictable. The whole bullshit at the end of, like, oh, you're in love. Of course I'll help you. Like, what? Oh, yeah. what? Yeah, that's I guess. why it helps him? The movie makes no sense. Yeah, well, like, that's the only I reason it helps him. You don't do this heist. Hey, do you actually want to do this heist? Because if you want to get out of it, that's totally cool. What? <laughs> no, he didn't mean that. He was going to murder him. The fact that he dies for him, like takes a bullet for him, that was a bit Wait, weird. No, look, okay, think about it. Yes, it's flashy and beautiful, and it had a really cool trailer, but this movie, when you break it down, was terrible. It got better reviews than Logan Lucky, which makes me sad. I watched because it. I don't think it's a better. I watched movie. it and I was I actually felt while I was watching it. Oh my god, people don't know how to make movies anymore. They don't know how to write movies, and because of that, we are in a culture where where people think this is good. This is a terrible. The problem movie. is that I'm afraid you saw it out of context because of, this director well, 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 has made well, similar well, movies. Well, well, well. No, no. You have what? to talk no. quieter into the microphone. No. My ears are no. bleeding. Oh, sorry. Does, it does not matter if you made something good before. If this is a piece of crap that stands on its own as a piece of crap, it doesn't make sure. your other movies better or worse. No, but it's in the same vein as his other movies. Mm-hmm. I would say in Shaun of the Dead. A thousand times. Shaun of the Dead is like an actual good interesting movie with like a great plot and character development this is just well I would say this the structure of this film reminds me of Scott Pilgrim and I hate that movie and this I liked better but when I wrote to you guys and I said this is barely watchable I, I actually changed it from unwatchable to barely watchable because as I was texting that it was the moment in which John Hamm gets like like falls off the building and dies and I was like oh that was actually really funny how he died and so I was like alright barely watchable you've gone from unwatchable to barely watchable because that was a good kill scene but that was it oh. no when the scene when uh, okay, I have so many Jamie Foxx dies I actually have notes about this because I have questions like why do all of his flashbacks take place in the 70s, but he's using an iPod. When was this kid born? None of this makes sense to me. 
<laughs> can you, can you not remember that? Why are you empty you? attempt at being stylish? But why did you rip it on my MTV? <laughs> why are his flash forwards in the 1950s? <laughs> this makes sense. It's like random, like saturated colors and poodle skirts for no reason throughout this whole thing. I will say it makes no sense that his flash forwards are in the 50s unless he idealized that musical era. But he does. Because he seems very. From all eras. And all genres. Right, exactly. So that's why his flashbacks might be in the 70s, representing his musical tastes. He had the trauma in the 90s, which is why he has the iPod and maintains the iPod. And then he loves, no, idealizes the 50s, it, and that's the first, his. The first iPod didn't come out until 2003. Yeah, but this kid is young. He probably was a kid in 2003. No, I'm, yeah, that makes sense that he would be a kid in 2003. I don't have a problem with his age and the timeline. I have a problem with the fact that the flashbacks take place in the 70s. Yeah, I think that has to do with, like, the musical connection. I feel like that's not an accident. It's so stylized. Nobody made that mistake. I think it's just, you might not appreciate it. I just feel like, it's, you know. No. And then there's just the fact that literally this movie is about nothing until the end of the third act. So. Which should have been the first act, which then would have been your setup for the chase scenes and the heists and stuff throughout the rest of the so movie. So let's break down a couple of the performances because I think what the main reason why I wanted to see this movie, other than I'm married to someone who loves a good heist movie, is I wanted to see this guy who's going to be playing Han Solo in the new Han Solo movie. He's not. He's not. That Han other Solo. kid. He's not playing Han Solo. I told He's not playing Han Solo? Nope. No, it's the guy from who was up, was up for, it. for it. So wait, who's playing Han Solo? I'm not playing him. Jamie Costa. No, yeah, it's the guy from, um, from, from, what's it called? From, oh, no, wait. Who's Jamie Costa? I don't know who this kid is. The guy who's playing what? Baby in Baby Drive no is Han Solo. It's not him. What? No, he's not. He was up for it, but he never no, got it. I thought that other kid got it from, uh, whatchamacallit, from Hail Caesar. It's not the same guy? I'm probably, yeah. That's, that's a good one. All right, oh, well, then I don't really know what the point of this movie was then. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? Yeah, Alden. Alden. I can't even say his last name. I thought he was Alden Ehrenrich. Henrik. Ehrenrich. I thought he was supposed to be in the. He is in the Han Solo movie. He, that's Han Solo. Alden Ehrenrich. Oh, you know, I got very confused oh, yeah. because in this movie, the Ansel Elgort um, was dressed like Han Solo in A New Hope, like the whole movie. So I just assumed this was just, you know, like someone threw some money at, at this movie Ooh. just so they could screen test this guy in the Han Solo outfit so people would be psychologically ready for him to play Hans. No, no, he was up for it. You are not wrong. He was up for it. He even was interviewed about it and was like, I really hope I get it. He did not no, get it. No, this guy, Alden Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich. Whatever, he right. got it. He's awesome. He's great in Hell oh, Caesar. Gonna He's going to be really good in this. He's, he might be great in Hell Caesar. He was in Tetro and, like, Blue Jasmine. But I don't know if I see him as... Mm, I think Ansel would have been great as Han Solo because he oh, looks yeah. like Harrison. He's a little oversaturated, you know? Plus, if you put him in a movie, don't you have to put Shailene Woodley in a movie? And, like, let's be honest, she's not I like her. She's lovely. Yeah, she's lovely. She seems like a really nice person. She's like a great person. She's not a very good actor. I don't know how to evaluate her as an actor, but she seems fine. Um, 
Okay, so let's quickly go around and do our stars on this movie. And, and just to go through the rating system, five stars is you think it should win or is a contender for best picture. Um, for, for best picture. Five stars. Four stars is um, great movie. Um, loved it. Three stars, it was worth the money in the context that you saw it. Uh, so if you saw it in the theater and it was a fun big screen movie, three stars. Two stars is where it gets most interesting because maybe you liked it but maybe you overpaid for it or maybe it's just Netflix and then below two you probably didn't like it I would say two it was like good enough for like a Saturday night we didn't have to pay for it because I paid for it you know sorry you (laughs) had to pay for it yeah like but like whatever so leave the money out of it it was like we needed something actiony that you know um, that was like entertaining it, I think that the second half was better but it also was a bit you know surprising to me just rewatch like, I didn't know what to expect <laughs> it was good enough I would say it could have been way better but I don't think it pretends to be way better I think this guy this actor con- this director consciously like chose to make a chaotic nonsensical film with these actors and these characters and like that's what he chose to do and nobody stopped him it's terribly written it's a terribly terribly written right, film so for me it doesn't matter how good the style is if the story doesn't hold together yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that, like, he. I don't think. I don't like his writing style. I think Shaun of the Dead is, like, his only good movie, pretty much. So. I'm not like a huge fan of his writing. I think there was enough. The casting was good enough that I was entertained to watch it. I wouldn't see it again, and I'm definitely not sure I'd recommend it, but I would say it was, like, had enough shoot 'em up aspect that right. I was, like, entertained. All right, so what's Becky Stars? Like uh, I, I liked yeah. the the chase scene, so I'll give it a star. star. Okay. So I give it a, I give it like a two, two and a half, or like a two, like plus. Meaning, I didn't love it, but I was fine watching it at home. It, to me, it suffered from being in the context of Logan Lucky, which I thought touched on similar things and just did it way, 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 way better. Um, so that's where it leaves me with Baby Driver. Um, uh, before we head out, did, did, did either of you have anything that you're watching? I, I, I have one more thing. I have oh, one more oh, thing. Sorry. Hold on, I want to say about this. We're doing a little IMDbing, and Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. He co-wrote with Simon Pegg, yeah. which is probably one of the right. good movies. Right. I was gonna say he didn't write them alone. So That's those why. Scott Pilgrim. So I I'm really defaulting to the fact that this guy Edward Wright is very huh. overrated. Well, maybe he's like a nice guy, which is why people want to work with him. But like, I don't know if how. I mean, I wouldn't say overrated. I think he's just rated. I don't think he's like up, you know, for any awards. So, Shai, you want to know what else we're watching? Yeah, but I'll say just on on the Simon Pegg thing. I I like Simon Pegg, and and I think he's a good writer. And I think that the last Star Trek movie, which I believe he wrote, is underrated and and was a lot of fun. Well, he did write Scott Pilgrim with two other people, and that is the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, no, a huge, huge sign. Uh, all right, so yeah, what else are you watching these days um, that you want to talk about before we head out? Oh, I, Mindhunter. I just saw the first episode of uh, Walking Dead. Of your life? Yeah, last night. Um, hi. Last night, last night as a palate cleanser, I needed to watch something. 
Um, <laughs> to watch something else that we put on the first episode. That is not what you watch to cleanse your palate. It's a very emotional zombie show. I'll, I'll say that. Are you kidding me? Why do you think I'm enthralled and addicted and I've been watching for the last eight years of my life? Uh, Very emotional. I am firmly in the funny action comedy zombie movie with the occasional diversion um, zone. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm not interested in the social implications of zombie world. Like, I... But you know what? I'd have to say, Shai, I, I'm not going to lie, since finishing Orphan Black, it's been a little bit hard for me to get into something now. Yeah, that... that I, I, oh, man. Your orphan I, black. I, God. I have a few other shows that I'm into these days. Um, I'm loving The Good Place. I'm really intrigued by Ghosted. Oh. I hope it's given a chance to like stay on the air and develop because... A, I love those two guys, and B, why not have something with ghosts and a little bit of sci-fi as opposed to just another workplace mm-hmm. comedy? Um, the Goldbergs, mm-hmm. of course, is just killing it. Yeah. Killing it. Like, what? The last two episodes have just been, you know, the the Revenge of the Gold of the Goldbergs, Revenge of the Gold Nerds, has been amazing. Well, that was amazing, and the wrestling one. They're really but that the show, like season. five seasons in, and I'm and I'm just deeper into it. I, I'm 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 watch rewatching episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to the very awesome Gold Nerds podcast on a regular basis. It's like having like my like a regular DVD commentary every week, um, uh, and going back and watching the commentary tracks on the DVD. That that show, I, I hope we get another five years out of it. It's just totally awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I watched my Mind Hunter, so there. Thank you guys for letting Tell me. Tell us about Mind Hunter. No, because you nerds only watch happy things. That's why I'm the only one that watches like weird psycho killer depressing so shows with my it. husband. It's actually really fascinating. It um, is. Well, it started with when Charlize Theron was filming Monster, a phenomenal film, very difficult to watch. Um, she had to like get into the mind of a serial killer, so she read John Douglas's uh, biography, and he is like one of the foremost experts on serial killers and profiling, and started basically the idea of profiling with the FBI for serial killers, and he's the character that in Silence of the Lambs, the guy, whoever uh, Jodie Foster goes to like consult with about Hannibal Lecter, is based on. So there's that. And so Charlize Theron read the book and was like, I have to make something out of this, but it, it should be a TV show not a movie because it's like so complex and she said the only one that could do it is David Fincher and so she approached Fincher and he agreed to make the show on Netflix um, and what I like about it, I thought it was cool is that like a classic like Fincher actor like he's been in so many of his movies as a side character is now one of the main characters and he was like it was like his dream like he got to be finally like a protagonist in a Fincher project which is cool the, you'll recognize him the actor if you see his face he's like in a ton of movies um, and so the f- show is basically about this young FBI agent who gets the idea about like he's interested in criminal behavior uh, psychology and gets the idea if they were to interview serial killers they could 
learn and understand what could be possible things to help them identify other serial killers and to prevent serial killers like for early detection and early prevention in children that like exhibit these behaviors around like teenage years like killing and like killing animals like that whole thing that we like the like the you know the trope that we know about like what makes a serial killer like signs of it um, um sorry i'm just laughing like pronto and so my son and my mother I'm con- I, no no i'm concerned that this is the best i have to edit that out but my mom is here with my son I know, I'm like Anyways, Willie's really good at explaining things, I will say. Matt, Anyways, we could do an hour of Willie explaining shows. You know, I've never seen an episode of Lost, but know everything that happened on that show because Willie has explained right. it episode the, for episode. The, amazing. The, the, the point is that he goes right like all these things that we know about like the killing of animals and you know torture and stuff like that of of, like smaller creatures you know that comes from these interviews uh, in relationship with women and problems with their mom and like being sexually you know uh, impotent or stuff like that um having yeah you know that kind of stuff comes from this research and him another agent and olivia dunham from fringe she's in it uh she plays this um, psychologist who joins the FBI. So she's a real woman too. Like these, they have different names in the show, but they represent real people. Um, they get up, like they do this team together to um, try and figure out, like, get behind. And they ter- they coined the term serial killer. First, they call it a sequenced killer, and then eventually, like in, you know, in the first season, you see how it, they come about with that. And then they take liberties, of course, on like on their personal lives, and on you know. But they, what's fascinating is that every person that he interviews in the first season, he really interviewed in real life. Um, you know, like there's a lot of very big similar. If you go down the rabbit hole of re, like of researching these real people and the interviews with them, it's it's quite well done. The acting is great. It's not. It's a slow show there's not it's not like really suspenseful it's more of like i guess a drama but it, i thought it was very interesting and well done um and then i that we finished that first season and segued right into night of which is like a perfect segue slow and like interesting suspense thriller kind of thing so that's what we're watching really, that's really cool wow see so you yeah. sold me on mine hunter i totally want to check it out mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're, if you, the whole idea of like the whole serial killer thing, like it is intriguing in a weird way, but like at a distance, this is good. The thing is that after every episode with every one that they interview, we went down the rabbit hole of like Googling these people. A lot of them are still alive and like are, are real. And then he talks about how like a few of them, he in a weird way even became like friends with, which is like messed up. These are often like very brilliant people too, like a Hannibal Lecter kind of character, right? So it's like the kind of the dangerousness at a distance. All right. Well, on that note, talk to you guys next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're actually going to try to do this since since I have off. Let's try to do it again on Thursday. All right. Um, but wait, before before we go out, I feel like you should do some plugs of the of the various places people can follow the stuff you're working on. Beck, what are where where can people follow your Guys, artistic? I am like orders? crushing it right now on the Everyday Out blog. If you want some like legit recipes, I have to tell you, being stuck at home under pregnancy house arrest has led to lots of cooking. So. 
I recommend. And the, um, and the address is? Oh, um, everydayoat.com. Awesome. Cool. And Will, can people... You can find me on Twitter as Chi-Chi Gomez or Chi-Chi K Gomez. What is it? It's Chichi, I think it's Chi-Chi K Gomez. Why, there was a Chi-Chi Gomez? No, it's not. There was a Chi-Chi Gomez already taken? Yeah. I feel like that's a very popular name. But you might want to explain why that's your why you use your Twitter handle. Nope, I don't. that's a mystery. Let's leave that for later. Right. Yeah, a, I don't right. need something to tell anybody. It's a mystery, but there is a story behind it. Yeah. And there you is. can follow um, um, my shenanigans um, at Pancake for Table. That's uh, Pancake the number four and the word table on Instagram, Twitter, and um, also YouTube, where I do all my various. Uh, like I said, pop culture shenanigans. And um, uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back with another Friday Night Movie Edition later in the week. Do, do a little dance for the you. outro music. Okay, dancing. Don't hear it, no, but no, I'm, I'm dancing. No, I'm going to edit it in afterwards. Um, and then get... Um, wait, so... Do we have anything we're supposed to watch between now and then? Now that we know that, now that we know that we've done this, hey, are you guys happy with it? Are you okay with me? I, I'm okay with it. I feel like these episodes should be half as long as they are. I don't feel like they need to be hour-long okay. so episodes. I, 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 can like it it I can cut it down. I can cut it down. Well, I think Lily just has to be more efficient in her storytelling as her story Maybe there can just be a podcast uh, where hey. it's Lily. Like half of this thing was your rant about Baby Driver. I just did five minutes on Mindhunters. I'm first committed. of all, I think that we could have a whole podcast, like a subset of the various podcasts. That's just Lily tells you an entire movie or TV show from the beginning. Telling you, never all right. I was getting very relaxed. I also, I was getting, excuse me. I also highly recommend Ozark. Oh yeah, Netflix. Watching it. it stresses Vlad out a lot. We haven't been able. To yeah, watch it's super. It's like episodes. stressy, but but it's so good. And Jason Bateman is great. Yeah, so awesome. I think you'll like it. Yeah, I, I keep seeing that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. how is it's that like, just there? Sometimes these movies, these things sneak onto Netflix or Amazon or whatever, and I'm like, was this yeah, a, but it, but it, was this a great? But it was great. All right, All right. All right. I got to pee again. Love, oh, okay. love you guys. All right. Awesome peeps. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.